everybody, and welcome to another episode of Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. And I'm Al. Um, I'm going to kick things off with the movie that Brantley was going to read this episode, but then his phone broke. So I'm the one with the computer. <laughs> he Here has the power. I have the power of the internets. Yes. Peaceful, rustic Metzberg is a quiet village. I got that from Peaceful. Like, I didn't think they were peaceful, but also, like, they were all into heavy metal. <laughs> Which was a former industrial town whose glory days are long past after the collapse of Metzberg Grain. Man, geez, I did not, like, I know, I, sometimes I'm we ask for more. Now. Yeah, I didn't need their, like, complete life story. Like, do you want to hear the tale of our economic woe? It's like, no, I want to hear about, like, something crashing or a monster or something. Like, no. Just, I've been getting, like, slow shots of just, like, broken down, like, the broken down town. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody's still, like, belt. still, like, trying real hard, but it's just, like, not doing great. No. This is sad. And all the kids move out as soon as they can. Mm -hmm. The ones who don't are like, oh, no, they, I'm they stuck grow here forever. Angry and bitter. Teenager. I gotta talk about the teenagers, okay. Brantley. Stop it. We are talking about teenagers. Teens! Uh, so we gotta sudden. get those teens. It's so sudden. Suddenly teens. Yes. In the second sentence, no less. Oh. Teenager Mark Lau and his ex-girlfriend Lucy Greenheart are stuck in a lover's quarrel. Well, yeah, they broke up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done. Yeah, I don't know. Now it's if not a lover's like, quarrel. Now they're just arguing as two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it stopped being. I've, somebody made the point to me is like, they were talking about domestic violence and how that you can't file domestic violence claims against someone who doesn't live with you. I was like, well, that's not like then it's not domestic anymore. It's just violence. Yes. I mean the fact it's assault. that <laughs> the fact that you have a boyfriend who doesn't live with you and beats you like that's bad. It's still against the law. I don't know that it's domestic violence. And for some reason, we've decided that like. Beating up people who you live with is maybe a little bit worse than just beating up random strangers or people that you don't know that well. You're supposed to be like have a closer relationship with those that are you willing to spend a, live in a house with. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that's the wrong decision. I maybe just, you just don't hit people or that. Yes, that's also a good rule, unless they really need it, like bad people. No, we put those in. We put those in the you know our government. What if they were like a supervillain and they they kept breaking out of prison? Could we hit them? You don't watch The Flash. <laughs> um, not going to reference or not going to discuss episodes of cartoon two episodes in a row. So we're going to move on. Yes, you are. Nope. By the end of this episode, you all said something about a cartoon. I feel mm. I feel confident. Challenge accepted. Anyway, the meteorite crash lands in the passive community. Glenn, an ex-employee of the grain silos, who became homeless after the collapse of the mills, how depressing is this movie, stumbles upon the fiery crash. Unaware that his find could be dangerous, because he's drunk because of the homelessness? Oh, that's just a stereotype. How dare you? I mean, I think that, I, I think that it's somewhat likely to be bored out by reality when you have like a really horrible life you want to might abuse some kind of substance to help you forget about that fair enough <laughs> but anyway this poor guy who's homeless stumbles on the fiery crash dying town that he was a hard worker in unaware that his find could be dangerous he gets too close and a chemical poison sprays out of the meteorite enveloping him 
So is this more like Slither or more like the color out of space? I'm or both. The, here's the the reference that I'm getting is the original of the Blob. Like there's the I've old guy the that one. finds the well in the original one, you got Steve McQueen and the girl that he's trying to get with. Whereas right. here it's Mark, whoever Mark Lau is. Jason John Beeb is the actor's name. Actually, it's listed here, and his girl who they're breaking up with. Um, but you know they see the meteorite fall, and then. In the blob, there's like just some old guy who lives in a shack in the woods who is not homeless, and in fact probably might have been you know pretty indicative of a lot of people at the time, just sort of not having a lot of money. Uh, and he finds it and pokes a stick in it, and then it at the time. I mean, continue. Oh, well, I know that you live in like a shack in the woods, apparently, but it's a lot of people woods. don't. There's a tree by it. Yes, it's a walnut tree. <laughs> Um, and squirrels like to sit on the porch on the little swing chair and eat the walnuts. Annoying. Well, that's adorable. Oh, okay. That's annoying. <laughs> the chemical agent known as Ombus. Ombus. By who? Who is it known as Ombus to, Brantley? It, it is a meteorite that crashed out of, out of space, hit this homeless dude, sprayed him with a chemical agent, and it was like, by the way, my name's Ombus. Say maybe it's a sentient chemical. Well, it starts to turn his insides into a slimy substance. How do we know what his insides Does he vomit them out? I was and thinking he's like, the other direction. He's like a flesh puppet moved by the chemical, but he's like all flappy because it's just skin and bones, literally. Possibly. I like this image. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about it later, but I like this image. Have you ever thought about like what would happen if all of your bones just suddenly disappeared? Yeah, you'd be a big pile of skin. Flesh. Yeah, but like... I don't know if you'd be able to move. Is the thing you could like so your muscles could still contract and flex. So you'd be you wouldn't be able to like move around, but you could like you could just shudder. like writhe <laughs> a little bit. Unable to stop the spread of the infection. Oh, and your lungs would be crushed under the your flesh because so you suffer. Oh, that's awful too. <laughs> unable to unable to stop the spread <laughs> of the infection. Glenn runs onto the road where Mark and Lucy find him. What did he do to try to stop the infection? Do you think? shower <laughs> he's like i've got alien stuff inside me might as well take an opportunity to go down to the gym got that membership and shower right up maybe or hit the jump in the weights a little bit i don't know man i'm just saying like it's a it's eating him alive there's not like, or since according to you he's a boozer well alcohol kills oh that's a fair point maybe he did actually hit it with something but it didn't work uh so mark and lucy find him so now he's a slime zombie the two take him to the only doctor in town, Dr. D. D stands for doctor. <laughs> They're not real bright in this town. Mark and Lucy are shocked by their gruesome discovery and immediately contact the local sheriff, Thomas Brackett, who is on the date, who is on a date with a lovely waitress, Aww, Daisy. Cute. With their date being interrupted, thanks. Yeah. Yes, his date was interrupted by the call the to fact stop that the it's alien symbiote. Makes me feel like this is a uh, hit the mic. The fact that this is called out makes me think this is like a persistent side plot in the beginning of the movie. Just him oh. trying to get her to go out with him, and he finally gets it, and it's like, "There's an alien chemical!" Darn it, kids! I finally get Daisy out. <laughs> well, they actually so they go together. It says they aid the traumatized lovebirds, so they work together to help really, them out. Let's go take care of these crazy kids, get them out of here, and we can go back to our date. I'm sorry. She's like, I've always wanted to deal with an alien symbiote. It's like, couldn't we have just stayed and watched Venom? And that's how Toxin was born. 
With no sign of the creature or its victims, Brackett dismisses Mark's fantastic story. Yeah. What happened to the other dude? He's at the doctor's. <laughs> His guy's like, I can't go with bother Dr. D. She's a doctor. That's what the D stands for. <laughs> like, but he's in there getting treated right now. I don't or see any proof of this story of yours, boy. Or they've gone there and he's like liquefied and somehow liquefied her as well. So just not, they don't see them. Oh, okay. Well, it's still like the blob stuff, then. See stuff on the ground. He's like, oh, so she made a mess. Whatever. I'm going back to my date. I feel like they literally did just like rip off the broad strokes of the blob. Quickly returning to where the meteorite crash landed, Mark finds a new horrific discovery. That the meteorite wasn't the only creature to crash land on Earth. I really hope this is like unrelated. <laughs> just I, like I just love the idea of just like two very different aliens crashing on Earth. It's basically a Godzilla plot. Just showing up and it's just like work on very different kinds of biology and they have to fight. They've been like the two aliens have been bickering each other throughout like the entire orbit of the asteroid. No, like literally no, like they came from different part directions and just crashed on Earth around the same time. I want them completely unrelated. What, like in exactly the same hole? I like my version better where it's like, you get your slimy alien tentacles on your side. Hey, get your teeth on your side. This is my, the line is right here. And they do that for like 50,000 years as they take a long orbit towards Earth. <laughs> I was thinking more like they come in a different direction, just like smack into each other and just shoot down to the planet. Or I guess that could also be possible. And it's like, so you get this weird, like blobby dissolving monster thing. And then you have this like chitinous horror monster from like alien <laughs> going around actually eating people. And this one's just like oozing on things. Don't know how they would fight. With the townsfolk overrun by the virus and the collateral damage adding up, a special containment team shows up to try and keep order and contain the plague. Look, these things have been falling from space for like 40 years. Uh, we don't know where they're from. They're all different. <laughs> Everyone, that would I be would a wild show. show. Yes. <laughs> That's another meteorite strike. Let's see what weird effect it has this time. Just, that's a great way to have Monster of the Week. It's just... Like this planet exploded, and it's just like these weird, like different animals from there somehow survive. That would that would be fun. The other thing that I enjoy about this is like the like the government comes in and they're finally like investing some money in this community. It's like where were these like fancy suits and <laughs> was stuff this when the grains died? Yeah, Man, this is gonna cost you thirty million dollars. You could have invested it in a like local recovery plan, man. The human struggle of the residents of Metzburg and their fight for survival then begins as the village is overrun with the alien invasion and the mutated humans that it creates. <laughs> okay. So, just like a more complicated version of the blob is what I'm, I'm getting. I'm just still enamored by the show idea we came up with. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's like a mobile version of the SCP Foundation. Kind of. Where instead of, like, everything's contained, there's some... So you'd have, like, a, a an overarching myth arc where you're dealing with, like, where are these things coming from? Because mm -hmm. they're all... I would assume they all have, like, the same characteristics, right? They all yeah. land, they maybe have, like, some green shimmer on them. Or, they like, crack the very, open. like, the base DNA has, like, something... Like, all, all I've heard of Earth is, like, I think, what, like, 90% similar on DNA? Okay. So it'd be, like, something like that. It's just completely different from us, but they all have similar strains. Well, I would like for it to have, there could be like all like kinds of different, as well, like, yeah. uh, well, no, but I'm saying like, it could be a ghost one week or next week it could be, you know, like all of the people in the town start 
like only eating ketchup. Oh, so you want to be like Goosebumps, but in one town? <laughs> no, different towns. Oh, different towns. Like, uh, oh, we have to go like, and it could be like, oh, this one landed in New York. Like, what effect is it going to have? And maybe it's subtle, right? Like mm-hmm. for a bigger city, but then like when it, a lot, just sort of by the law of averages, it's going to mostly land in empty areas. So lands it's in New York, small towns. Like one dude mutates, but it lands in like somewhere out in the middle of Montana. It's like this. 10 foot tall skeleton monster thing there's like a whole state that they just redact <laughs> uh, that's okay where are you says we're still in nevada but it's like we've been driving for twice the length of nevada there is no south dakota what are you talking about who would name it south it's crazy next up we have Mantera. so is this like it's like a giant manatee giant mantis those are both good. Like a manta ray pterodactyl hybrid, so it's, you know, Mantera. Yeah, I like that. I like that, too. They're like, or just like the pterodactyl, the, the manta ray that is in the sky for some reason. Like, the they have that, there's a new I mob. I almost in, my challenge. Well played. <laughs> there's a new mob in the... <laughs> is, there, is there a cartoon with that? I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. I'm not getting into it. I forgot that I'd even challenged you. There's After a the new episode, mob we can get into it. <laughs> in Minecraft that is basically a manta ray oh, yeah, in the I saw sky. Those. those are cool. They're called the Phantoms. That's less a cool name. Yeah. The, well, the cool thing is, though. I mean, they haven't always had, they, they don't really have the cool They're like summoned the... by you not sleeping. I saw that. Yeah. Which is pretty great. What's not great is if you're hanging out with somebody and they haven't slept and you have, you still get attacked. Oh. <laughs> Which I don't think is fair. I don't, like, I've, I've been diligently like, going to bed, like, every night as often as I can, and I'm still getting attacked by these things? No, sir. <laughs> For countless generations, the Dark Legions of the Apocalypse, operating under the guise of large, multinational organizations, have amassed their foot soldiers and underlings in secrecy! Okay. Where, where do you think they are, the underlings? It's, it's secret. <laughs> okay. They're in secrecy. It's a small country between France and Spain. Okay. <laughs> Scheming, joke, planning, and waiting for the arrival of their dark messiah to lead them on their resurgence to dominate mankind under their evil reign. Man, this is super overwrought. Like, I can't tell. This this is... Hmm. It's going to make another Trump joke, but that felt like low-hanging fruit. Well, it's, it is. There's, also, it's giving him way too much credit. My, what I enjoy is that <laughs> these guys, like... So they're they're large multinational corporations, and they're operating as the Dark Legions of the Apocalypse, but actually, like, it is just all a sham. There's not actually a Dark Messiah that's going to show up. So they've been amassing their Dark Armies, and they're like, any day now, he's going to... He's going to show, I promise. Like, the dark circle of leaders is, like, in the boardroom's like, guys, he was supposed to show up, but he just, like, didn't make it to term, so now we've got these armies, and they don't know what to do, and we can't tell them to stop because they'll get mad. What do we do? Keep, keep, he's coming. Just keep telling people he's coming. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Also, the fact, like, do you think that they became multinational corporations, like, as, like, a, a stalling tactic, or, like, we'll blend right in with this iPhone... Or I mean, yeah, then you have like, or were they already multinational corporations? And then somebody went to them and they're like, you've become a multinational corporation. It's time for you to us to tell you the good news of the dark Messiah. Little column A, little column B. <laughs> I, I enjoy that more. Where it's like, now that you're a, a big wig, you have to start amassing a dark army. It's in the contract. Picturing like one of those, like 
welcome to the company type video. <laughs> so, welcome to being a multinational company. As such, you have been signed your life away to working for the Dark Legion. Here's what that means for you. <laughs> we. Oh, no, it's in the first person now. Yes. We, the Allegiance of Light, have been given the sacred task to watch over them and to maintain hegemony over the Dark Legions. So it's like they have signed a contract to not do anything till Dark Messiah shows up and these guys are holding him to it? I guess. It's like, well, also, you guys can overrun the Earth and murder everyone when he comes, but before that, you better pay your, pay your taxes. I have to look up the term of hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony? Hegemony. Leadership or dominance, especially by one country. So, or... yeah, the Council of Light are in charge of the dark forces. They're not doing a good job of managing them. They are. They're not doing anything. They're just still massing their forces. Yeah, but but they... they haven't done anything. Okay. Clearly the world's still in a good place. So far, mm -hmm. we have been successful in have neutralizing you? their influence. Have you? And restraining their strength through our superior technology and know-how? Oh, so it's aliens versus demons. What? I'm on board. As we enter the new millennium, a new threat has emerged in the form of a groundbreaking weapon system called Mantera that almost tilt the delicate balance of power. Metal Gear. <laughs> what is the Metal Gear? It's, no, 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 no. We don't have the time. You can look that up on your own personal time. We don't have the time to get into that. Is Moving it, on. Is it a literal Metal Gear? No, Is we it, don't have the time. Are there? Are they like the big mechs? Yes, kind of. It's okay. complicated. I am Colonel Iman. Iman, what's up, Iman? Of the Alliance of Light, and this is the story of a brave young man who saved Mantera from falling into the hands of the Dark Legions of the Apocalypse by becoming a Mantera Metal Gear. So this wait, is he just narrating? I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, I can't remember exactly. This is the story of a man who found a machine and saved the whole world. <laughs> this is the story of a boy found a machine and saved the whole world. Okay. Okay. I just want to get that off my chest. There's more. Good. Moscow, Russia, Sam Weston. There's no comma can Russian. It's Moscow, comma Russian Sam Weston. That's his full name. Get it right. <laughs> Moscow. Russia Sam Weston. He's the owner in Moscow. of Weston Technologies is furious over the security breach in his research lab. The prototype of his latest weapon system, Mantera, or Man Transformable Exo Robotic Armor. It is a Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Does it roar like a T Rex for no reason? I don't know. I also think roar. the second part was taken from a different. Or it's uh, like the geckos in a moose. <laughs> the, so the prototype was sabotaged and destroyed. Invaluable research data was stolen and deleted from the company's mainframe. His main scientist, who is leading the research team, Dr. Natasia? Natasia. Natasia. Dr. Natasia. Wow, she sounds attractive. Yeah, with was the Spanish missing. accent you threw into that <laughs> Russian name. <laughs> Listen, it's exotic and exciting. The buyer for the new technology is pressuring Sam to deliver the prototype or the deal is off. To make matter worse, the wreckage and debris from the destroyed Mantera was accidentally shipped to the other side of the world. How do you screw that up? To a young man by the name of Asman. In Malaysia. In Malaysia. 
Who is Asman? He's a young man in Malaysia. Come on, man. We and just read what this. makes him the chosen one? He got the stuff shipped to him. This isn't hard. Everything will be revealed in Mantara. It was revealed in the description. We were here. Focus <sighs> description. Did you get drunk halfway through? I feel I, I, the, I for some reason when I was pasting these in, I felt like that the second part would flow better from the first part. It did not. <laughs> but that's OK. I still thought it was pretty great. Well, that'll do it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Tell a friend about us if you like us. And we'll see you guys next time with another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch. Bye, guys. Bye.